Welcome, you're listening to A Certain Degree. My name is Nick, but you can call me Nick. This is a live weekly radio show on WPRK featuring makers, artists, and professionals who are doing something neat. The show is then converted via magic to a podcast. Real talk for a second. This may seem like a one-man operation because of the quality of the production and the writing and the sheer volume of self-deprecation, but there are a lot of people to thank. The guest, Ashley Renee, making the time to come out and share her story. The gang at WPRK for letting me do this. The Melrose Center at the Orange County Library System, where I record a bunch of stuff. And you. Thanks for listening. Now on with the show. Janelle Monet on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. Good morning. My name is Nick. I am here every week. Every week, I have a very special guest. Guess what? This week is no exception. She's very excited to be here. I can tell she's a little bit nervous. Asha Renee is here from the Sweet Utopian Milk Bar, Milk with a Y. Yes. Because it is a milk alternative. Absolutely. And it's quite wonderful. A number of different flavors. I think you have 30 flavors now? Uh, so technically, Closing? technically, I have 30. They're but not all available in stores. Correct. Yes. Correct. Yes. But you have 30. And if I remember correctly, you're working on a delivery system. I am. So home delivery of a plant-based uh, milk-like product in a bunch of different flavors. Bunch of wonderful flavors, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I tried a few this weekend. So I've had some soy based. I've had some almond milk uh, in terms of just in my life. So this isn't the first time I've had plant based uh, milk alternatives. Mm-hmm. And so it was very tasty. I had three of the flavors uh, cocoa because I just like chocolate. And it was great. It was just like drinking chocolate milk. Yes. Uh, strawberry because that was for some reason as a kid I just loved strawberry milk there was something about it very bad sweet tooth mm. uh, actually several uh, have been removed because of that and yet I still no I'm just kidding I just got my first cavity my first cavity just now just now on the show well is I this mean breaking news technically this is an exclusive we are breaking news here Ashley Renee with a her uh, first cavity. <laughs> Is it because I was being so nice? It's because you were being so sweet. Yeah. Okay. All right. For sure. I will look into that as something I should stop doing. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. Well, Ashley, I don't know you all that well. We've been chatting a little bit since you got here this morning. So again, thank you for coming out. Uh, but I want to get to know you a little bit better. Okay. So to do that, we're going to play a game. We're going to play 20 questions. And instead of playing yes or no, up or down, those sorts of things, we're going to play shrimp or grits. Shrimp or grits? Yes. Shrimp if you're for something. Shrimp, or I'm sorry, grits if you're not for something, which is funny because you're a vegetarian. Well, I like to consider myself plant-based. Okay. So shrimp is good in this case, but not because they taste good. They're When you take into account their size mm-hmm. per capita, they're actually the smartest uh, animals in the ocean, according to a study that I definitely didn't just make up. I'm freaking out right now. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, when you send them to an Ivy League school, that also helps (laughs) to make them the smartest animal in the ocean. Grits, not really sure where they come from. Some people say corn. Other people say maize. So I, who to believe? Is that a Southern thing? Who to believe? Maize? Maize. Yeah. Uh, That's what the Native Americans call corn. 
Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah, That's great. I just killed that joke. Thank you. Sorry. (laughs) I tend to do that. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. We'll all be fine. It'll be great. Summer camp, shrimp or grits? I would have to say shrimp. Yeah, did you ever go? So I went to a church camp when I was a JIT. Yeah. And uh, I just, it was so much fun. We got to eat whatever we wanted. The only thing I hated about camp was waking up super early. But that was like a sleepaway camp. Yeah, it was in actually Loxahatchee. Okay. Yeah, so that was interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, But there were so many things you could, you could literally be in the water all day if you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, I love the water. Um, And of course, you know, you had chapel and all that, but there was a whole bunch of singing. It was just good times, man. So you got to hang out with people you didn't have your parents around. My dad was around. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I just hid from him most of the time. So, <laughs> yeah, it was it was fun. It was fun. Driverless cars. How do you feel about that? Shrimp or grits? I don't know. I, I think it's it's shrimp and grits. Can I do that or no? Yeah, of course. Sweet. My it's, understanding is that's a very popular dish. Um, well, I've never had shrimp and grits. I've actually never had grits. Really? Really. All right. Well, we have to look into that. I just don't see the purpose. <laughs> like, what is the purpose? It's kind of like salad in the sense that it's a delivery system for the dressing. Grits is a delivery system for <laughs> salt, uh, butter, and hot sauce. That's horrible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a lot of food. We'll get into food. Okay, yeah. sure. Okay. okay. So driverless cars. Um, You're taking your shrimp and your grits into the driverless car so you can eat them while the car is driving you somewhere. I mean, technically, yes. But that's the, that's the advantage. I'm, I'm the type of woman where, you know, don't get me wrong. I think new technology is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really care if it makes us lazy or not. We all have the choice to get up and go do something. But I fear it a little bit as well. What is it about it? Is it that, you know, it could become self-aware and kill us all? Or is it more the human aspect of us giving, ceding control of one more thing and potentially not being able to, you know, do it in the future? It's because I hear stories like this. Okay, you ready? Yep. So I have a friend who works with AI and he's building, I guess, two machines that are communicating to one another. Mm -hmm. And so now it's gotten to the point where they're having full-on conversations, but no one in the lab understands how they're communicating. No one understands their language. Oh. Yeah. So it's definitely like a takeover thing that kind of scares me and freaks me out. Because <laughs> this is happening like right now. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. the idea of driverless, driverless cars, I think it sounds cool. Would I be like in the one? Idea of, do you like the idea of getting in something and being able to sit back, relax, and do your thing while you're being transported somewhere? I love an Uber. Okay. Um, a car driving itself, I don't know yet. All right. We'll leave it at that for now. So yeah. the, the, the jury's out. Zombies. Shrimp or grits? Grits. No zombies. No zombies. IRL, obviously. What about movies and stuff? You're not into that as a storytelling device? Okay, so I just got into The Walking Dead. Okay. And I just don't want to live in that world. It's just so sad. And I know, like, if the first place that I would go if there were to be a zombie apocalypse is probably Walmart. 
Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. You have all the stuff there. It's fairly well uh, protected, like all the three sides of it, are you, and you could border up the, the front side. Okay. Some, Yeah, yeah. My thing is to get on top of the building because there's a lot of space there. Sure. And kind of like just block off the door, or the entrance to outside. Mm-hmm. So then I'd be okay. I have a lot of space. I can oversee a lot. You know, there's time. Are you concerned you're sharing this plan with everybody on the radio and the podcast and now they're going to know what to do and now you're going to have a bunch of people on that roof with you? The horrible and great thing about Walmart is that there are so many. So I implore all of you, you know, to find one to stake out. Okay, good. Yeah. But you got yours. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That location will not be. Okay. We're not going to say which one. Correct. Got it. That's good. Uh, how about coffee? How do you feel about coffee? I mean, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's shrimp ish. It's shrimp ish. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've never been a big coffee drinker, mm-hmm. um, but I do enjoy the flavor of coffee. Is it, you're from, your family's from the Caribbean. Correct. Uh, is that, is coffee, I'm not completely familiar with, uh, from a cultural standpoint, mm-hmm. background, is coffee a big part? of the Caribbean experience, the Caribbean diet? Um, well, I think it just depends on the individual, really. Okay. Um, my grandmother enjoyed coffee, but that was when I was introduced to it. And when you enjoy coffee, you often, you have your palate. Mm-hmm. And so you enjoy black, strong, no cream, no sugar. And so when she said, here, Ash, try this, and I'm eight, and I don't have that kind of palate. I was just oh, like, gosh, no. I can't do this. We'll never yeah. do this again. And it yeah. wasn't until I got older that I was like, okay, maybe, you know, we'll water down the coffee a bit and add a whole bunch of cream and sugar. But um, yeah, my mom doesn't do coffee. My dad doesn't do coffee. We're more tea drinkers. Okay. Yeah. Hands down. There's actually a tea that tastes like coffee. I don't understand why you would do that. Why not? Why, why not just drink coffee? Because coffee can, I mean... First of all, you can burn the beans. Sure. Right? Yeah, that's part of the fun. Um I don't know. I, I don't want to I don't want to say anything burn, bad. You burn the water. I mean, yeah. Yeah, you could. I but don't then I actually think that's a thing. You can. You can really? actually. Yeah. What? Yeah, when you boil it when it boils down way too much and then you see like all oh, of the salt. It's just, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's just purified water it's no bueno actually all right we're gonna get into that okay at the next break because i gotta understand that more okay let's go back to technology for a second because i'm interested in seeing what technology you're for okay so what about smart homes um sure shrimp Yeah, yeah why not so being able to control from your phone the temperature the lights absolutely that sort of thing absolutely right now i i technically have a smart door okay yeah, um, this is not a plug. Okay, at your house or you at have my ha- access at to my somebody house. else's house? No, no, at my house. So it's the August lock. Have you ever heard of this? No. It's so cool. Okay, so <laughs> I found out about this through Airbnb. Um, because the person oh, you were going somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so I guess the person has so many Airbnbs available that they just don't want to be at all of them. Sure. So they have this thing called the August Smart Lock, and Would what you it say is they don't want to be and be at all of them. Ooh, oh. that was good. That was Thank good. You. Yes, that was really good. <laughs> I will give you five brownie points for that one. Okay, I'll yeah. just take five brownies from okay. Sweet Utopian. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'll let Nicole know. Okay, I guess we'll great. talk about that great, later. Great, great. But um. Okay, so you can literally let anyone in your house, 
but they have to download the August app okay. and it unlocks and the door itself. Then- well, I mean, basically you download the app mm. and you invite them. It's like you're inviting them into right, your home. Right, right. Okay. And then when they walk up to the door, they go on their cell phone, they turn on the Bluetooth and there's a big red dot that indicates that the door is locked and then they press the dot and it turns green and the door unlocks and you walk in, you walk out. It also tells me what time I walked in, what time I left, who came in my house, who left my house. It's awesome. I love Interesting. it. You like tracking people going to and from your house? Absolutely. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I have a cat. So when so, the cat goes in and out? <laughs> what if someone is taking care of her? Oh, yeah. oh okay. Yeah. I'd like to I know. just thought, I was just thinking your cat, you want to keep track of your cat because... I'm not sure. Maybe your cat's up to nefarious uh, things and no good. You want to, from a uh, owner's perspective of your cat, you want to make sure that everything's going okay with the cat. Yeah, recently, I don't know, maybe I'm going to put an August lock on her because she's been really, I don't know if if it's because they get older, Mm -hmm. but she's just been behaving. Well, I'm just saying, like, I think there's something wrong where she kind of feels like she can growl at me whenever she wants. Oh. She's now jumping on the table whenever she wants, which has always been a big no-no in the house. Yeah, I just bought a bunch of healthy supplements and they're all in glass bottles. Yeah, came home and it was all over the floor. And I couldn't salvage any of the supplements because it's in a glass, glass bottle. Yeah. So, you know, um, yeah, yeah. I, I may have to start putting an eye on her so we have a lot of cats a uh, big demographic for this show so if any of them want to call in and give us some advice on your your cat aging and maybe what's uh, going on with her yeah uh, that would be great so i think that'll be if you need companionship as well great. she's single so <laughs> yeah great how do you feel about the beach I would have to say shrimp and grits. Okay, because you mentioned that you are a water person. Earlier. Yes. So like the water. Love the water. Okay. Was on the swim team in in high school for three years. Best shape of my life. Uh, they called me a fish. So after three hours of <laughs> swim practice, I would go into the pool, like at my house, just to play and frolic just around. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the reason it's shrimp and grits is because we were talking about this earlier. I cannot stand the heat. Okay. It's a big no, no for me. Um, so if I go to the beach, it's going to be early in the morning or maybe late in the evening or afternoon. It's never so going to be not midday. So much the sun. No, no, absolutely not. Okay. Not doing it. So for the most part, you don't like the beach. No, I love the beach. I love the sand. Okay. I love the ocean. You know, I love it. I love laying out. I love um, sitting down and just reflecting on life. You really feel smaller. Perspective. Yeah. Yes. I hope you stand. Yeah. So anyway, um, what I liked about the beach in South Florida, because one, it was only 20 minutes away. So I had access to it Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, But it really helped me put things into perspective and realize that. My issues aren't as big as they may seem, you know. So, yeah, I do love the beach. I just don't like certain times of the day at the beach. Okay. Yeah. So the beach from this time to this time and this time to this time. Absolutely. Okay. Very nice. Let me ask you about this then. You spent a lot of time in the pool. Yeah. Pool baths, shrimp or grits. So you're uh, you're just going to do your next thing. You're maybe going to run some errands. You've been doing some yard work or you've been out and about. You just jump in the pool, then go change and go. 
rather than taking a full on shower. How do you feel about that? Shrimp or grits? <laughs> I don't know what to say on that because I'm going to be completely honest with you. I think I've done that a couple of times, uh-huh. but I would hate to know that someone else has done it. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's fine for me. But exactly. Else. I'm just saying, like, it's it's it, it ties back into the whole Walmart zombie apocalypse thing. You know, everyone now knows about it, but you'll never know my Walmart. Okay. Yeah. Great. So, so we'll never know when you've had a pool bath. Basically. And you don't want to know when other people have had pool baths. Absolutely not. Okay. So this is good. So this is this this clears things up for me on this a little bit. So as long as I don't tell people <laughs> that I've done this, <laughs> then we're good to go. Is um, what I'm hearing. You're giving me permission whoa. to take pool baths whenever I want. As long as I don't tell people. I'm giving you permission. You don't have to clarify. I got oh, it. I man. Got it. Let's go on to the next thing. <laughs> uh, this is this has been interesting. I don't know if you heard about this in a couple of places. I think it was Virginia and then somewhere further north. Giant hogweed and wild parsnip. These things are like even worse than poison ivy. So these will cause burns. These are some crazy plants. So plants taking over... And trying to kill us all. Shrimp or grits? Um, so, ooh, I feel like this is inevitable. Oh, so you don't think it's the AI that's going to do it? You think it's the plants? I think, I think it's going to be an ultimate war in the end. Like, you know, plants we'll just be the AI? roaches. Yes. Oh, that's great. Right? So we can pit them against each other to okay. give us some extra time. I think we'll be long gone before i like we're not gonna have control of this like we have control of everything now like no it's gonna be the plans versus ai yeah <laughs> so i don't what do you call that do you I call like that it. shrimpy I, grits this, or i'm, I'm not sure gritty because shrimps? i feel like we're going to uh, have to pitch that as a potential uh i would go series on that i wouldn't go movie really yeah i feel like there's a lot to tell because you're going to want to develop the characters and eventually kill them off I think I would do comic book and then movie. Okay. You know? Yeah. I like that. Which is essentially the same thing, just on script. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're yeah. basically storyboarding it out. Yeah, yeah. And then you're going to just try to find the nugget, the yes. message, the one story that you want to tell and all that. I wonder what movie. would it what would it be, though? Okay, we're going to work on that. Okay, okay. It's a great bad business idea for later on <laughs> as well. This is... Pretty interesting to me. Facebook's watch party. Have you heard about that? No. So it's a Facebook group. So it's a closed group if you want it to be. But what you can do is basically a shared screen where you all watch the same thing at the same time, but you can still do comments and likes and communicate with each other in that group while you're watching something. Shrimp or grits? Um, I guess we can do shrimp. I mean, essentially, I do it with my friends over the phone. So, oh, you're watching. Yeah, so we'll watch show. the yeah. same thing. Um, no, is that like a? Is that something that's being broadcast? So you're all just tuning in at the same time, or we're all it, tuning in at the same time? Or is it like a Netflix thing where you say, "Oh, let's all start X Y Z show"? I mean, I mean, it could be both. It could be regular daytime TV, or it could just be Netflix. Um, but we all decide, you know, okay, this is what we're going to do. If we can't meet up because we all are busy. Running the world. At this time. Right. We're going to go on and uh, 
get on a phone tree. Yeah. If you will. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. But the weird part about it, and this is why I would have to call the Facebook watch. Is that that what it's called? Uh, Watch party. Watch party. This is why I would have to call it a shrimp because what happens is um, while the show is going on, Mm -hmm. I don't really want to listen to people talk. So I'll hang up and then I'll call back like when there's commercials or when it's over and then we'll all talk about it. So we did this with Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. Where we all started on the phone and then I just hung up. And afterwards I called back and everyone's like, yo, can you believe this? And I enjoyed that. Quite, yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. But with Facebook, I think you can just kind of, you know, dab in screen. and dab out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can kind of, uh, yeah. So that would be good because yeah. during the slow parts, you can interact. And during the action-y parts of Game of Thrones, yeah, you can just concentrate on that. And Are I'll, you a fan? Game, Game of Thrones? Thrones? Oh, yeah. Oh, sweet, sweet, yeah. sweet. I'm, I'm what we in the business call a nerd. So I like the sci-fi and fantasy stuff. That was kind of my jam growing up. Was nice. all the sci-fi and fantasy stuff. That's my dad. Yeah. I was always trying to escape the harsh reality of Daytona Beach. That's where you're from? Yeah. Oh, honey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I can just describe the look of pity... Uh, that was just in your eyes <laughs> to the general public. That would be great. Uh, let's go local for a second. Halloween okay. Horror Nights. Now, hold on. Before you answer, this is their theme for this year. The Carnival Graveyard. Shrimp or grits? Grits. <laughs> like nobody's business. And I'm going to tell you why. Oh, please. Yeah. I mean, that's why we're here. My mom, when we when I was in South Florida, she was in a carnival. She was this not in a carnival. Too close to home. She was not in a carnival. Um, she said, "Well, why don't we take a trip to Orlando?" Okay. Okay, great, awesome. We're going to Disney. Perfect. No, honey, we're going to Halloween Horror Nights. I already got the tickets. We're going. Um, Is she a big like no, horror person? No, she... no, okay. no. This this. This was an attempt to literally kill me. This was an attempt. I'm I'm pretty sure. So okay. I said, okay, well, if we're going, I have to bring my boyfriend and my best friend. Two guys, okay? Um, so we all go. And I guess she had gotten to them before me. And we're walking. I'm wearing uh, flip-flops because I've never been to a Halloween Horror Nights. Sure. I don't watch scary movies. I just don't need to feed my soul that. Um, so I'm thinking, oh, it's just going to be people, you know, yelling at me. And I have these barricades of men here. So I'm okay. I'm in the center. I'm safe. Um, I quickly found out that they actually target women in the center of two men. And um, my boyfriend and my best friend at the time uh, were in on it, I suppose. So uh, someone was coming from a dark alley, but I didn't see them because my boyfriend was telling me to look left and the person was coming from the right. And when the person got in my face, I screamed and I attempted to run, but my best friend got a hold of the, the back of my flip flop. So I couldn't run. And I just, you know, I stayed in the arcade uh, barefoot for the rest of um, that time. So it was pretty traumatizing and I will never go to Halloween Horror Nights again. And I guess that's a big ups to Universal because that's just how awesome Halloween that's Horror how Nights. That's it is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's quite terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. 
So maybe this is the year to go back. Carnival Graveyard sounds very uh, uh, festive. <laughs> I think that's the best you could come that's up with. because. Do. That was it. Yeah, no. All right. Well, let's leave it at this last one for now. Okay. Cobbler, the dessert, not the person who fixes your shoes. Shrimp or grits? Shrimp. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have, it's got to be warm. Okay. okay? Um, And I don't mind, I don't mind peach. I don't mind peach cobbler. Not your favorite though. Um, I don't know. I I have this weird affinity with peaches. I don't know what it is, but it's. They're cool sometimes. I don't know. I don't know. But I don't mind a peach cobbler. because they're fuzzy? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I can see that. I get that same yeah. reaction from people. They see me and they're like, oof. That's okay. They have lasers for that. <laughs> but yeah, essentially, uh, peach cobbler, it's got to be warm. And then you got to have vanilla ice cream. No, you cannot have chocolate. No, you cannot have cookie dough. No, you cannot no, have mint. No, no, no. It has to be you. vanilla. Yeah. That's yeah. the only way. It's the same thing with like an apple pie or something. You have to, it has to complement. Absolutely. overpower. And also the ice cream cannot be like too cold. It has to be at the right temp, mm-hmm. you know? But yeah, cobbler all the way. Okay. Very cobbler we'll and shrimp. Time. Cobbler and shrimp. <laughs> That's our new uh, uh, food truck business. Yes. And then a little sweet utopian milk to wash it down. Maybe not. Okay. Yeah. You I don't want to associate it with that? I'm not sure. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Ashley, thank you so much. Ashley Renee here from Sweet Utopian Milk Bar. Uh, we're going to talk more about your uh, coming out of high school, your college experience, how you started Sweet Utopian. We've got a very special pop quiz okay. coming up. Today's a big anniversary in the book industry. Great. So we're going to talk about books and the animals uh, that reside on the covers of them sometimes. And we'll talk about some music. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have time for all that. If not, you'll have to come back. Yeah, okay. I don't mind coming back. All right, very good. You're listening to a Certain Degree on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. How about some Queen? Because I cannot wait for yes. this movie to come out. Yes. Okay. This is Save Me. Uh, you're listening to a Certain Degree. This episode is brought to you by Besides Yourself. The CIA, the NSA, your internet service provider, hackers, fishers, credit card skimmers. Everywhere you turn, someone is trying to steal your identity, your financial information, and they are spying on you. You probably shouldn't go outside at all. Can Besides Yourself keep your identity safe? No chance. So why don't we give you someone else's identity? Fight fire with fire. In the basic version of our service, we give you an identity from another one of our customers. We switch identities every 60 days so no one really knows who you are. Need a security upgrade in your communications? Guess what? You're sending letters now. We reteach you how to write in cursive so no computer can scan your writing automatically. Order now and our technicians will install a phone booth near your home. If it was secure enough for the Sopranos, it's secure enough for you. Besides yourself, untraceable, untrackable, probably legal, open an account at toacertaindegree.com. And the werewolf would just have a flea collar. I don't know if it would fit, though. You'd have we're, to get... just, we're just continuing the conversation that we had off the air. So what kind of undead or horrifying being would you rather be? A vampire. Vampire. Hands down. Yeah, I think, I think that's the way to go. Good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to Certain Degree. My very special guest, Ashley Renee, is here. Good morning, Ashley. Good morning. Sweet Utopian Milk Bar. 
And something that you can get around Central Florida is this plant-based milk alternative, multiple flavors. Uh, one of the first places to carry it is one of my favorite places is Market on South. Mm-hmm. So you can go there, get your chocolate-flavored uh, milk and sweet utopian milk, and then get a dessert of some kind, one yeah. of their amazing desserts, and have that. Take that home and then not talk to anybody for a couple of days because you're just so happy with your life. Yeah, you won't you won't really need interaction with no, other people. Or really anything else. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, so I'm a little bit of a vegan tourist. Okay. So I'm a vegetarian tourist. So I like, uh, I like fish. I like chicken. I like beef. I like pork. Are there any other meats? I mean, there are a few, but I just, I refuse to say them over the air. So let's say that's most of them. But with the rise of plant-based alternatives and with the rise of the popularity of vegetarian restaurants and vegan restaurants, Mm -hmm. I find myself drawn more and more to those types of places because it's easier to get. That yeah. was always my issue was that it was it was a lot of work to maintain a vegan or a vegetarian lifestyle. And yeah. now it's it's a lot easier because you have a lot more options when you're going to restaurants. You have a lot more options of restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, and the quality seems to be there as well. It's not just a, um, well, this is the only vegan restaurant in town so we can offer whatever we want. It's really good. I'm glad that you're enjoying the experience. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So as a little bit of a tourist, it's always nice to see people succeeding, especially local businesses succeeding. Mm-hmm. So you started this after trying a couple of other things. So what I wanted to do is go back to um, coming out of high school. I'm always interested in talking to people about, you know, what they thought they had to do and then what actually happened. Because as you know, I think about my experience coming out of high school, going to four different schools, finally graduating a million years later. You don't have to go directly to college to be successful. And I think a lot of people put pressure on themselves to do that. Your experience, uh, from what I heard on the wonderful Heart and Hustle podcast. What up, girls? Is uh, very, it sounded very interesting. So you were in South Florida. Mm-hmm. You're graduating high school. What was your plan? Um, so and what did you feel like you had to do? Well, At that point, I felt like I was going to do what I wanted to do, but there was a a a change of events that took place. So um, I got into NYU and I wanted to do, um, I think, mass communications. That's what I wanted to do. All right. Um, But my mom was like, yes. Yep. My mom was like, no, that's not happening. That's not happening. You're going to be a lawyer. You're going to make money and you're going to do it here in Florida. So the concern was you have to do something that will translate immediately into a career. Basically. Okay. And I, and you know, I thank her for that now because she was just looking out for me, sure. you know? Um, but, you know, I guess when you're a teen, you kind of want to have it your own way. Mm-hmm. So um, instead of say, staying in South Florida, I came here. And so still in Florida, which checked off one of her boxes. Right. But far enough away that you could... Kind of have my own independence. Yeah, okay. Um, but nevertheless, I mean, I, I ended up getting a degree in international <laughs> law and politics. Um, but I felt like for so long, I really had to kind of please my parents and all of the hard work 
and all of the lessons that they instilled in me, I needed to show that I learned something from it, that I was able to apply it into real life. And a majority of my life I've lived for my parents. Okay. Um, so when I got to UCF, you know, I had that option because I started off at Valencia. And so I had the option uh, to switch, yeah. you know. Um, but that didn't happen. For some reason, I stayed with it. Uh, and I, I thought I was going to be maybe the world's best diplomat. So when you say switch, you mean you went from Valencia to UCF and you thought you might switch majors. Yeah. Got it. Okay. I felt like I had that opportunity to be like, okay, now I'm going to do what I want. And then mom kind of just... Did you have an idea of what you wanted to do? Or was it still you ended up doing kind of what you were pushed towards because you still didn't really know? Okay, so what I really wanted to do, Yes. I mean, if we're going to get down to like yeah, the yeah, belly yeah. of this, yeah. I wanted to be on Broadway. Okay, fair enough. That is what I wanted. You wanted to perform. I wanted to perform for my life on stage. Like, Was this something you were doing as a kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. In, uh, in high school, I did slam poetry. Got it. Um, I was in, uh, what, do you, what do you call it, theater? I was a thespian. There mm-hmm. we go. Um, and even at church, because I was brought up in the church, I was doing a whole bunch of plays. I was doing a whole bunch of acts. Even at the summer camp, they referred to me as one of the highlights of camp. Um, so I loved performing. I loved performing. Still kind of do at home by myself. Yeah. Or on the radio or, right now. Oh, thanks. I mean, this is kind of just me, you know, but um, essentially, yeah. I loved performing and okay. mom was like, no, that's not going to happen. That's not going to make you any money. You're not going to be stable. You need to think of something else. So the concern was, you know, you don't want to be this starving artist. Why don't you go and do something that will make sure that you have a, a stable life? Yes. Okay. I did show um, interest in travel and politics in high school. Uh-huh. So I think maybe that's where she came up with, okay, you're going to do law. You know, I guess that's where it maybe came from. But like I said, I'm grateful that she wanted me to do something with my life, that she didn't want me to be maybe unstable with the finances, that she wanted me to, you know, I guess have a stable job. Yeah. No parent wants to see their child struggle. Yeah. So I'm grateful now. As a teenager, I didn't understand that I hated it. I was like, come on. But nevertheless, I still went to school. (laughs) Or international law. So it is what it Did is. Did it ever uh, appeal to you or occur to you to do like that on the side to go and take a couple of theater classes and, and that sort of thing? So um, after I graduated college, um, I was working at FDOT and a private engineering firm. The Florida Department of Transportation. Correct. Okay. And no shade, but it just wasn't for me. Yeah. So I said, you know what? Why don't I start my own business? That way I make my own money doing what I want. And then now I have time for acting. Now I have time for auditions. Now I have time for schooling if I need so to. So there's still that in the back of your head is something Absolutely. That you could do that you might want to do. Okay. Absolutely. Um, and then maybe when we get into bad business ideas, we'll talk about my first business because Sweet Utopian is not my first. That would be perfect. Yeah. That would be perfect. So that didn't last long. Not at all. Okay. And that reminds me of... So one thing I wanted to talk about was I remember uh, as a kid growing up in Daytona, as I Mm -hmm. mentioned earlier, I grew up in Daytona. Uh, My family, a lot of the families who came there, especially the Greek families, they came there in the 70s. They did one of two things. They either did restaurants or they did gift shops. And so we did gift shops. So that's my that's my childhood is growing up in retail, 
doing that and being expected to sort of take over the family business. And my issue was I didn't see anything else in those spaces than gift shops. And I became, you know, very frustrated with that. Mm. There wasn't what, it wasn't something I started and it wasn't something I was passionate about. And so I remember looking at like um, Inc. magazine and stuff like that Mm -hmm. for the franchises and the different things. And a lot of them didn't look like anything that I wanted to do, right? There were things around, you know, maybe restaurants or uh, other CPA agencies and stuff like that. And I was like, this is nothing is getting me going. Yeah. And so one thing I thought was, you know, really smart of what the way you were doing it or the way you were looking at it is you have to have that passion. Yeah. That when you're doing something on the side uh, and that's where Sweet Utopian uh, is for you. It's right. But it's at the intersection of passion and logic is the way you described it. Yeah. So it's now not just the passion. You can start out there and that can be a side hustle and that can be a side business. Mm-hmm. But eventually, if you want to turn it into a real business, it, you know, passion isn't. Would you say passion isn't enough? Absolutely not. Okay. Uh, for when I started Sweet Utopian, it was based off of, it was more of a feel good decision. Okay. Um, and so now, was it five years later? Now you realize that maybe it would have been better to start off logically um, and allow your passion to drive you mm-hmm. to continue to create maybe creative flavors or ideas or strategy. Um, but to start out with that, the business plan, the cold, hard facts yeah. in some cases. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I find that interesting because I think that, you know, one thing you have to do as a creative person, whether you're writing or mm-hmm. whether you're starting a business or looking at those things, is you have to be willing to kill an idea, right? Because sometimes the idea gets away from you. That you think it's such a good idea, you get married to it. You talk to the people who you know are going to agree with the idea rather than the ones that are going to say, well, maybe you want to consider something else for these reasons. Um, So that was very interesting to me because I I, I do love the idea of the intersection of it because Mm -hmm. sometimes the logic can overpower the idea. Yes, it can. Because maybe if you went logical at first, you would have said, well, maybe a a plant-based milk alternative wouldn't really work. I think, I think, I think initially when you come up with an idea, it stems from passion, mm-hmm. whether your passion is to try to make money or to try to save the world or just help. Okay. But when it comes to actually starting the business part of it, mm-hmm. you can't run off of passion. And I learned that the hard way, you know, um, I think that's when, when you decide this is what I want to do with my life or for the time being, and I really want to make an impact. Um, you, you, you've got to have one, you got to have logic Two, you got to have people around you that don't think like you, um, get some different perspectives and, and three, yeah. don't forget that you had the passion in the first place because it's easy f- to look at it as a job after a while yeah, and not have that same. Yeah. yeah, I could see that. And, you know, being in the food industry, there are so many legalities that you got to make sure that you're on top of, you know, it's not. You know, you're you're feeding people. This is going into people's bodies. So there are laws and regulations and permits, certain things that you have to abide by no matter what. It doesn't matter if at one point you were making it for your family at home and it was great. You can't make it the same way if you're giving it to the masses. You know, so 
for me walking into this, I'm a bit of a type A personality, just a bit. Just a hint, mm-hmm. a dash. Mm-hmm. And so I started off with the commercial kitchen. I started off with my uh, food manager's permit. I started off, everything was correct, but it was just like, what do I do now? Like, how am I going to get this product out? And um, I just went to people that I knew and started there. It was about the connections you had and not, I think that's where the type A personality comes in where Mm -hmm. you're not afraid to talk to people about it. And you, you have to talk to people about it all the time. Yeah. I think sometimes I go into a situation where I'm embarrassed to talk to people either to have them as guests or to talk to them about, you know, the 3d printing stuff that I do or the typewriter stuff that I do. Um, because sometimes I don't want to try to just sum it all up because occasionally it sounds ridiculous in my head, Mm. but you have to be able to go out there and talk about it all the time and give your elevator speech and see that, you know, maybe something might come out of that. Here's the thing. My first job was in retail. It was at Lint Chocolate. Um, It's a high-end chocolate store Mm. in the middle of Sawgrass Mills Mall. Um, And, okay, so in the mall, there's, you know, Aunt Annie's, there's forever 21 like nobody wants to spend a hundred dollars on chocolate so the one thing that i learned is whatever you sell you have to believe in it if you don't believe in it then nobody's gonna buy it end of story so at the end of the day when we talk about oh you have to speak to people about it you have to do you know the first thing is you have to believe in it Mm -hmm. that's the that's the only way you're going to be able to talk about it that anyone's going to be interested when you do talk about it you're not going to be engaging otherwise basically yeah yeah it's gonna it's it's almost like uh I don't know, like when you go on a first date and you feel interviewed, it's just uncomfortable. You want to be able to want to talk about what you're doing. So, you know, I just want to go ahead and say this right now. Nick, your 3D printing is awesome. Thanks. That's what I was doing was really fishing for compliments. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's really cool. <laughs> it's really cool. I got a ring with a heart on it. Don't be jealous. Thanks. You can get uh, people out there can get them too. Not that one. Thank you for making me feel special. Thank you. That's the only one of those (laughs) that I'll ever make. This is hard. (laughs) All right. Very good. Uh, Let me ask you this. I'm always curious about how people self-identify. Okay. So when somebody asks you what you do, what do you say? So I usually uh, get nervous when I hear that question. Yeah. It's Uh a terrible question. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the worst questions. Yeah. And I wish we could do something. A friend of mine would answer when he was asked that and very quickly people learned not to ask him that he would go about what that's funny yeah that's a that's a really good defense mechanism actually yeah (laughs) wow okay um so usually i'll just say i'm a business owner okay that's what i'll say and then in my mind i'll say well well are you a business owner are you just a human being wait well do you do this for the rest of your are you going to do this for the rest of your life or is this something you're just doing right now? How is this person going to view this? What do you mean you're a business owner? What about a vegan? What about a vegetarian? What about a plant-based advocate? What about an animal? Oh, you're all of these things. Um, but by the time that all of this has already come through the sure, thought process, sure. they've gone on to the next topic. Right. And so it's just left at that. Right. And 90% of the time, they just want you to ask them what they do. Is that it? Oh, yeah. You just blown my mind. Yeah. I have to take a moment here. Yeah. Whoa. That's mainly what people are doing. Yikes. Yeah, people are the worst. Whoa. Well, what do you do? <laughs> About what? <laughs> High five. 
Yeah, that's 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 me. So I got to try a few. I, I mentioned this earlier. I got to try a few of the flavors earlier. Yeah. And uh, I went to Market on South, had some dessert, got some of the uh, uh, got some of the sweet Utopian milk there. Mm-hmm. And what's nice about it is, and I know you're talking about this. I think for August is the home delivery. Yes. Of it, so it's really hard to find. And you actually mentioned this too. Uh, in the other podcast, in the in the Heart and Hustle podcast, is that a lot of times if you're going and just looking for Sweet Utopian at the different places that you sell around town, you should maybe call ahead because yes. it does move fairly quickly. Yes. So the delivery mm-hmm. of the product is going to be uh, really good because then you can just get whatever you want. Yeah. Delivered to your house and it's much easier within the locale that you're going to be delivering to and that sort of thing. Uh, what... Uh, I guess, where did this come from in terms of the next logical step for the business? So did you try this before and you said, this is relatively successful. We think this is going to work. Did you do uh, get some customer feedback? Like, how do you decide what the next thing is for your business? As a small business owner, it's not always easy to figure it out. And it's there's some cost involved. Mm-hmm. So you want to know which way to go. So what was the mm-hmm. logic for you? Um, so when I, when I started selling at Market on South and Valkyrie and Wild Hair, um, I would notice a lot of the times I'd be getting inquiries about, Hey, uh, when are you going to fill the fridge when I just filled the fridge? And it's a great, uh, challenge to have. Um, but at a certain point it's more and more people sending emails, calling, being like, look, I'm really trying to get this milk. I had one guy who came to an event, like a pop-up that I was doing. And he said, I'm so glad I finally got to try this. I'm like, well, what do you mean? How long has it been? And he's like, I've been trying to get your milk for six months. And I was like, well, where do you live? I'm thinking, you know, maybe he lives in Tampa Ocala. or somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I live right across the street from Market on South. Great, <laughs> great. So then for me, I felt like, okay, now I need to let people know when I'm dropping off so that they have an opportunity to have first dibs. So for me, that was the logic. Okay, now I need to let people know. So then I got on Instagram and Instagram was initially used to tell people, hey, this is where I've dropped off. This is when Uh, I've dropped off. That's what we initially had Instagram for. Um, And then obviously that still wasn't enough. Um, People would be still rushing there, which I'm very grateful for you guys. Thank you so much, you know. Um, So it it just got to a point where I was like, what do you guys want to do? I had to ask the people that support me. I didn't want to just make this decision and not have them be a part of it. Yeah. Um, and they were like, we want it delivered. We want convenience. We want it delivered. So the first thing I heard, unfortunately, was convenience. So I thought, oh, maybe I'll do like a mobile milk bar. And that way you guys could come to the mobile milk bar. And most of the time I won't be sold out because I can press on site. And that would be awesome. Yeah, that cost did not work out. And it was also bad bad timing because this was right after the hurricane. Uh, okay. Um, so cost and timing are big factors when you're trying to make that next decision for your business. Right. Um, so then we finally got to a point after recovering from the hurricane where I was like, okay, guys, do you still want convenience? Do you still want delivery? Because if so, I can make this happen. And so I partnered with a delivery company um, and I'm really excited to introduce home delivery for Sweet Utopian because now you get 64 ounces, which people have been asking for. 
Oh, wow. Okay. There are going to be flavors that you've never heard of that will never be sold retail. They're only going to be sold on the site. What are some of your favorites of those? Slay. So it's an activated charcoal, coconut, rum, kind of like a white chocolate flavor. And it's going to be a black milk. So awesome. So awesome. (laughs) So excited about that. There's another one that's going to be Lagoon. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is essentially like a blue spirulina with matcha. And I don't want to tell the flavor just yet. Okay. But it's going to be awesome. That sounds great. Yeah. All right. Well, let's leave it at that. Can you believe the first hour is already over? What? Yeah. I'm a joy to talk to. Uh, So we'll play a quick song. We'll take a break. We'll hear some uh, commercials. We'll get to another song. And uh, we'll be right back with Ashley Renee from All Sweet right. Utopian Milk Bar. Don't sound so disappointed. The hour just went by so quickly. I know. I know. It's Ugh. so much fun here. And uh, yeah, let's hear from some AC Newman with the Cloud Prayer on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. Hi there. Nick here. Many different organizations choose to support this show to a certain degree, and many do it pro bono. And by that, I mean they don't pay us at all. Let me tell you about one of these advertisers, Brand Knuckles. Brand Knuckles is your premier source for 3D printed knuckles. These are very prominent knuckle rings that feature your logo. Nothing, and I mean nothing, answers the question, what do you do? Quite the way a set of Brand Knuckles does. Empowering, ostentatious, slightly menacing. They're everything you want your company to be. Check them out on Instagram at Brand Knuckles. Back to the show. Astrude Hilberto on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was to get us moving this morning in the beginning of the 8 o'clock hour. Good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to A Certain Degree, and I have a very special guest. Ashley Renee is here. Good morning, Ashley. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here. Sweet Utopian Milk Bar is the name of your organization, and a great organization it is. You are the owner. I am. Okay, great. Great. (laughs) Right on that. Uh, You are the founder. I am. You started this business. You started another business and then went to this one. Yeah. So you're really the person, the perfect person to talk to about my ideas, my amazing, terrible ideas. Oh, I'm excited. I can't wait. Okay. Well, let's play the song first. Okay. Bad business ideas It's time to pick just one It's gonna be totally legal We hope it won't hurt anyone So come on, have some fun Yes, bad business ideas It's like the reboot nobody asked for And few people need it No people (laughs) needed this reboot So what we're going to do is I'm going to tell you about two ideas And you're going to have to pick one Maybe help me out with some of the details in each one. And then once you uh, choose it, I don't know if you realize this from being on the show because I didn't tell you this and it's very, very small in the emails that we exchanged prior to the show. Uh, You have to actually take the one you choose and bring it to market. I actually read it in the fine print and that's why I'm here. So I'm very excited. You're excited about that. Well, let me talk to you about an idea. This is like a half-baked idea And I think it could go somewhere before we get to your ideas. So this is maybe a third one, maybe just something else out there. Uh, I I really like Orlando. I really like Central Florida. And I feel like you do too. Uh, You've made your home here. You came up here from South Florida. 
Uh, and there's so many great things about it, but it's hard to keep up with it. So, you know, you try to read all the blogs, you try to listen to all the podcasts, the, the local ones, the ones about Central Florida and the cool things that are around and the cool things people are doing and the cool people. Okay. But it's almost too much sometimes. Like I find it hard to keep up with it. And I have my own podcast. Like I, I don't have time to listen to mine. Mm-hmm. And so what I was thinking is what are some ways we can incentivize people to be better at being Orlandoans? And, you know, I thought about it and I go, well, I work at a college and I know, you know, the college that I work at wouldn't necessarily do this. But what if we had a certificate program? What if you actually had to go to class or somehow take a class about Orlando? And we could incentivize people like with, you know, you could gamify it with badges and things like that and make them a little more smug because they have the pins of all the classes that they've taken successfully. Mm-hmm. But they would be better, I don't know how to put it, better citizens better users of Orlando. You know, we talk a lot about how there's the two Orlandos. It'd be nice to know a little bit more about the Disney side of things, the universal side of things, because I feel like I'm missing out on some things from over there. I feel like, you know what I mean? Yes. Are you getting, I now understand. I I understand. Yes. So the restaurants on the, and the entertainment options on the West side of town, uh, you know, I tend to stay in my own little bubble and not necessarily, I'll hear about some stuff going on, but I won't necessarily venture out and I have no incentive to. Mm. But now if we could gamify it, if we could create like a, a certificate program mm. and make people maybe a little more competitive about being Orlandoan, then maybe they'll go out there and do more things. Do you think there's anything to that? Do you think like a, a Girl Scout patches sort of sash with different like here's your winter garden patch you know how to winter garden now you know it's such a terrible idea that i literally cannot come up with anything that would justify doing this no seriously (laughs) because no i'm truly racking my brain trying to figure out okay well let's make it about the fashion let's make it cool you know only the cool kids get these pins or whatever we want to call the sachets you know whatever we want to call them but uh I don't think people would want it. Right. Well, that's never stopped me before. Yeah. But it's hard, right? Like you you get the need. You understand the need and you could see yourself almost doing some of these things. Or is there just no time for it? Okay. Is that the issue? Here's the thing. There's always time. You make time for what you want. Okay. Right? So there's always time. We just have to figure out how we're going to allocate those hours of the day and most of the time I'm on Instagram so it is what it is but I understand you being in this side of Orlando and wanting to know what's going on in the other side and vice versa but I just I don't know I don't know I think I think if we were to do this they'd have to be like really fashionable okay yeah learn a little bit more about fashion yeah yeah and they'd have to be sold in like specific boutiques well you'd have to take the class first oh wait so there's a class yeah yeah you would have to take a class in order to get into in order to earn these things wait 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 wait. so there's like a syllabus and everything for this oh yeah holy moly yeah yeah so this would be something where you don't just buy it because then what we're doing is essentially just uh putting up a wall behind you know the uh and leaving people out 
what we're trying to do is make it more accessible, incentivize people. So you pay for the class or maybe there's some other way to, to get the class, but you have to go through it and you have to learn about Winter Garden, let's say. You have to learn about Eatonville. You have to learn about even Winter Park. You may not know that much about it if you're from Lake Nona or vice versa. Can this class be online? Of course. Oh, okay. This is genius then. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm in. Okay. Yeah, yeah. As long as it can be online, great. That's fine. And hopefully it might encourage you to go and visit that place. But yeah, you could do most of the stuff online. I feel like people would do it for the the sash. Is that what we're calling it? Is it, is it going to be? sash, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I feel like that's what people would do it for. Okay. You get to walk around in the latest Orlando both sides fashion. And you get to show people, hey, look what I'm capable of. Hey. Okay, so it is a competitive thing. Yeah, absolutely. I like it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Ashley, may I call you Ashley? Sure. Good. How balanced is your core group of friends? Ooh. Like, do you have the right group for every scenario? Like, you're going out of town. You're uh, going to just a simple dinner. You're going and... Uh, uh, maybe have, going to a movie, but maybe you want to have an adventure beforehand. So you need that one kind of wild card person. This is the intro into a pitch, correct? Correct. Okay, cool. Because I was about to go on a tangent. Um, and you know, it's they're okay. They're okay. So what if you wanted to have somebody just kind of uh, move in and help you out for one of these nights where you need someone to fill a very specific role? So you need your Miranda. You need your uh, B.A. Baracus from the A-team. You need that other person to come in and be whatever the need is for your squad that night or that adventure, whatever that is. Uh, what do you think about that? I unfortunately have to tell you that this idea is not only taken, what? but it's actually happening. What are you talking about? In Japan, yeah, you can rent a boyfriend. You can rent a friend. You can rent someone to cuddle with. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, but this is... Okay, so this would be specific group of friends scenario. And what we would do, the name of the company is Squads and Ends. What we would do is come in and see what your group is made up of and say, if you don't know what you're missing, we'll fill that in. How does that sound? Um, because you might not even know what you're missing. You may be missing a pet. You might be missing some sort of cute animal to help you guys have an even better adventure. Hey, maybe it's not a person you're missing. Maybe it's a spirit or a vampire. <gasps> okay, don't do that. Because see, now, like, come on. Now you're totally into it. Come on. So you could have squad ghouls. <laughs> it's not even October yet. Right? Okay. So squads and ends, what we'll do is help you find the right person for the right adventure. I like the play on words. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm maybe a little bit interested. It's 80% of my ideas are the puns. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. then that's great because that's a business <laughs> to go into, honey. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh, I'll just come up with the idea. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, let me tell you about the second idea and then we can talk about both of them. Uh, you know this just from experience. We live in a foodie town. Mm -hmm. The challenge that I have, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's Seven Bites or Market on South or uh, Buttermilk Bakery, obviously I lean towards uh, very rich pastry type items for the yes. most part. Uh, but Dixie Dharma, any of the other places in town that are, are really amazing mm -hmm. and local. 
mm-hmm. is that they're not open 24 seven. This mm-hmm. is a big issue for me because maybe I want some buttermilk. I didn't think ahead and I want some buttermilk bakery on a Monday when okay. they're closed, like today. Like I'm talking about buttermilk right now and I know they're closed and I might have to break in. So sorry, you guys. Um, if somebody breaks in today, it would be really smart because then they would suspect it's me. Shout out to buttermilk. Um, but yeah, so Valhalla at two in the morning would be really nice. So what I was thinking about is they have stuff that they didn't sell for that day. What if we went in and bought it out or somehow acquired it? Mm Mm-hmm. And then at night, instead of Uber Eats or anything like that, basically we list the things that we have that night. Mm -hmm. And if you want any of it, we'll deliver it to you. The name of the organization is Bite Owl. Okay. I told you I was good at this. I see you out here. Okay, I'm interested. So the idea is that we have uh, a perishable inventory every night that you can get. And it's from... Your favorite places in Orlando. Okay. So this is what I'm thinking. Yeah. Because it sounds super labor intensive. It might be a little bit labor intensive. That's uh, always the good hall, uh, hallmark of a good bad business idea. Yes. I think if we were to kind of make it like a subscription box. Okay. So you'd have, you know, whatever's left from buttermilk da, 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 and have it all lined up. So this is the box for tonight. Come and get it. Or I guess we deliver it. Yep. We right? can deliver it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I I actually like that idea. So if you want a box for tonight, it's kind of a mystery box, right? You might. I mean, yeah, essentially, you know, we'd still list everything that we've gotten, but yeah. Well, that's a good point because if they just order one croissant, it's a waste of, yeah. Yeah. We got to, if we're going to have a bad business, we got to at least make some type of money from it. So (laughs) yes. Yeah, yeah. That's an excellent point. So Bite Owl would allow you to do that. You can get your PS for Pie. You can get your juice bar. Your, that is such a good name. All of those things. I, I think most people crave stuff at night when the places aren't open, right? Like when the places are open, you're like, oh, I could go there anytime. I'm going to buy that domain. Okay. I'm really into like uh, internet. Um, Squatting. Sure. Is that what it's called? I yes. like to call it, I like to call it web real estate. That's okay. what I like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Reserving I Reserving space. Sure. Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. I really like that name. Okay. You've given me ideas. This is not a good thing. All right. I'm going to go ahead and just uh, go ahead and sign up for that <laughs> one right now. Holy moly. <laughs> That's a really good name. Well, I'm glad you like it. Yeah. Yeah. So is that the one you're choosing? Let's talk about them. So you got Bite Owl, you got Squads and Ends. You've got the inherent issue of, like, is it a psychology test? Do you put people through a battery of, uh, you know, sort of online interviews or a questionnaire to figure out, like, who? So you have three friends. Mm. One of them drops out of an event, but you know you need that fourth person because it's just a better number than three. And so you describe the event and who your friends are and kind of get a better idea of who they are. This might be learning too much about your friends too. Okay. So are you, are you 100% committed to keeping that business with the idea of having that fourth or third or whatever friend for the night or ghost or or whatever? Okay. Um, are you committed to that? Do you want that to be the legacy of that company? Because I say this because okay, 
when Tinder started out, mm-hmm. everyone was, oh, this is dating. And now it's kind of turned into like sex in the city kind of thing. Yeah. You know, so I'm wondering, will it become a Tinder? Well, see, so how committed are you to the idea of it just being that extra friend or do you mind people evolving it into something else? So you immediately went to I'm just saying, I feel like, you know, you're trying to I understand you're trying to make it profitable. And that's one way of doing it. Well, I wouldn't necessarily do it. And we wouldn't put any bugs in any ears. But I'm just saying, like, there's a possibility. No. (laughs) I'm just saying, like, it it could turn. I started. Squads and Ends is here to help you (laughs) fill out your roster of friends (laughs) with benefits. I'm just saying, I started off with granola and now I milk. Okay. So we'll start out with granola. And milk is the euphemism for. Well, I'm just saying that, you know, <laughs> it's just I, w- I would rather. Um, I don't know. I'm really interested more in the like nighttime delivery. Well, let's do the nighttime delivery. Yeah, because okay. I don't think that I don't think the perception of that would change with the people. It's a okay. late night snack. Yes. Yeah. We would be in competition with insomnia cookies, though. Right, but we'd be offering something a little bit different. For the most part, we'd go to places that don't necessarily just offer cookies. Yeah, you had me at, what is it called? Bite night, Owl. Bite Owl. Because yep. I'm thinking of Night Owl, which is the perfect pun. It's it's so genius. Thank you. You want right. to buy that domain. Let's leave it at that <laughs> while we both race to our respective uh, domain registrars. Yes. Uh, Ashley, we're going to come back. Thank you so much for that. Did you want to talk about your own experience with a bad business idea? Yeah, yeah, for okay. sure. So this was your first attempt at a company. Yes. And you had... What seemed like uh, uh, an idea that people would buy into. So first. did you do the market research and say, this is what I wanted to do? Or was it more of a, this is the, um, this is the direction because I'm an advocate for this type of lifestyle. This is the direction I want the company to go so I can bring more awareness to it. It was me trying to get out of the office. Okay, I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> I want to do something else. Um, the the so moment commercial cleaning, yeah, but it was vegan, a vegan commercial cleaning company. First mistake, nobody needs that. Right, nobody needed that. It would be something. It would be one thing if you know there were we had corporate accounts where they were asking, man, you know, we really need a green cleaner. We really need that. Um, but no, not at all. No one was asking for it. Most people are just looking for a cleaner, the lowest price. Yes. Yeah. Yes. At FDOT, uh, they had to, you had to place a bid and I thought, oh, there's a whole bidding system for this. Oh, so then maybe, maybe I can value mine a little higher because it'd be vegan. So it'd be like eco-friendly. It'd be super cool. Like nobody would have to worry about any chemicals. We'd be walking out with peace signs. You know, like it's just the whole idea it was so ridiculous looking back at it. But uh, yeah, it failed miserably. I printed 2000 flyers. Um, I had them direct mailed out. It was just so ridiculous. Um, the name of the company was called Purea. If you go on Twitter now, there's still a Twitter account for it. Right. Um, so yeah, that's something to do on a Monday morning. Um, but yeah, it just, no one wanted it. 
See, what I, I like about the idea, if you were to bad business fi it, mm-hmm. uh, for example, like where I would take that business is you're, you're basically using really green uh, chemicals or non-chemical no chemicals in order to clean stuff, mm-hmm. right? Whether that's uh, tabletops or uh, windows or things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So I would go with, it's going to be plant-based. So use the plants, like come up and... Uh, do some DNA splicing with some moss that will actually sit on your desk and move around and clean stuff. This is like Fern Gully in the office. Correct. That's 100%. That's where I would have gone with it. Now, obviously, you need more money on the upfront for the research and development side. But if you could have that moss, maybe become self-aware, maybe it doesn't, and eventually eats Jeff from accounting. (laughs) Because, and that's another thing... (laughs) is you could also get rid of your dead weight, right? Like you're going to have to feed the moss other stuff. But then I'd feel like now it's it's kind of like a targeting campaign. So a company would essentially hire Purio, whatever we're going to call it, Fern Gully, too. Yeah. Five? How many Fern Gullies were there? 17. Holy moly. I know. It's like way too many. What was that one, Land of the... Being where it had the dinosaurs. Uh, dinosaur. All dogs go. All dinosaurs go to heaven. No, no, no. it's not. I'll, I'll remember it. It'll come to me. Land um, before time. Land before time. How many land before times are there? Yes. Yes. That's your age, isn't it? No, I'm 106. Oh, six. Yes. That's Sorry, I, knew, I forgot. I'm slightly older forgot. than that. Uh, that uh, cinematic universe. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. But now, anyway, there's not they're not all animated and they're not all called Land Before Time. I consider Twilight to be in that same cinematic universe. So like those are four movies. No way. That are part of the Land Before Time cinematic universe. I don't know. So there's a lot of other movies that are involved in that. Lady Bird was actually set in the Land Before Time cinematic universe. I've never heard of Lady Bird. Lady Bird that just came out. Uh, um, the movie that won some Oscars, I think. Okay, so... I need uh, a social life. <laughs> you may need to watch more movies. Uh, Marvel has its own cinematic universe. Yes. Land Before Time has its own cinematic universe. That sort of thing. Essentially, I do feel like, just coming full circle here. Okay. I do feel like the company would hire Fern Gully 17. Sure. Um, to come in. To come in and basically fire someone. Yes. For them. This look, we just pivoted your company. I'm just saying, and we're firing them in a very green, in a way. very green vegan way. Perfect. I love everything about that. Right? See, you just needed me. That's all I needed. That's all you need. Don't let me anywhere near Sweet Utopia. <laughs> yeah, no, you're good where yeah. you are. Honestly, uh, if you want yeah. me to start coming up with like flavors and stuff, do you that's have a one in mind? Squirrel. Okay. Uh, is- now, wouldn't literally be squirrel, like there would be no squirrel harmed in the making of the milk, obviously, because then it wouldn't be vegan. I thought that was a safe word that we're using. No, you're saying that that's the flavor, squirrel. Oh, yeah. yeah, squirrel. Uh, explain. No. Okay. So let's just go to a song. <laughs> uh, how about Martha Reeves and the Vandellas dancing in the street? Just like squirrels. Dancing in the street. Just like squirrels do. On WPRK, (laughs) Winter Park, Florida, you're listening to a certain degree. This episode is brought to you by Shotgun Bedding. Sometimes you need a bed, and you need it fast. Who you gonna call? You're gonna call the friendly neighborhood sleep installation experts. 
This isn't just a mattress we're bringing to your house, where you don't exactly know where it's coming from. It's a space-age foam polymer that is shot at a high velocity wherever you want, in whatever shape you want, and it'll be stuck there for years. Instant bed. That's there forever. As with most of our products, don't ingest it, look at it directly, or allow your mind to give in to the dark thoughts while lying on top of it. Order your comfy shotgun bedding at toacertaindegree.com. Oh, we're back. Martha Reeves and the Vandellas dancing in the street on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. My name is Nick. I do this every Monday, every Monday. Very special guest, Ashley Renee is here. Good morning again, Ashley. Thank you so much. Taking time out of your day, getting up early. I know you're busy, so you're running Sweet Utopian Milk Bar. Mm -hmm. uh, And you're running it very well. Five years now you've been doing this? Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Five full long years. (laughs) Yes. Labor of love that turned into a career, a business. Uh, Is it everything you've ever wanted? It's more. Okay. Well, that's good. And so today is a big day, too. Because it's an anniversary of something that happened that really had a big influence on uh, the book industry Mm -hmm. in the world. We're going to talk a little bit about that. And so I wanted to have somebody come on that knows books. Okay. So Ryan Revis will be asking the question. He's the publisher at Borough Press here in Orlando. Maybe you've heard of Borough Press. Yes. And they do a lot of great stuff. They do a lot of live events. We'll talk about that stuff coming up. But he's live via recording, so he's going to be asking these questions about today, which is July 30th, in case anybody's listening to this later on, and they don't know what today is. Today is July 30th, 2018, 2018. Thank you for the reminder. of our Lord. I needed that. Okay. So, Ryan, let's see if we can get this going. Ryan, take it away. Howdy, folks. Thanks for having me on the show, Nick. As you know, July 30th marks a big day for books. As the story goes, the Lane brothers of England decided that the world was ready for something new, something literary, something color-coded, and something cheap. Penguin Books launched with ten titles in 1935, paperbacks for the masses. People could pick up a quality title at Woolworths, the corner newsstand, and elsewhere for just six pence. In today's money, that would be just 18 sixpence, so still a bargain. Here's your first question. Out of this list of penguins, which is your favorite? A. Macaroni. B. Adelie. C. Southern Rockhopper. So I think that's an appropriate question to start out. So Penguin Books started. It was really neat because reading about them, it was something that wasn't available easily. So mm-hmm. these paperback books were, av- well, sorry, so they were available prior, but it was usually like really pulpy, really like borderline smutty kind of books that were available. Um, especially in the at the newsstand and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So this was these were really good books that people could read, and so it really set off the paperback book market where it wasn't there before. So having said all that, what's your favorite type of penguin out of that list? You have Adelaide, you have the Southern Rockhopper, and you have Macaroni. Okay, so let's just be real here. Okay. When I heard Macaroni, I'm thinking macaroni and cheese maybe with some hot sauce, you know. So I'm just going to rule out macaroni because it doesn't, it doesn't take me to the right place. Now, <laughs> Southern Rockhopper. Yeah. Come on. That sounds fun. Doesn't it? Yep. That's another domain that I'll be purchasing this morning. Okay. Well, let's see if you're correct, Ryan. Is that the right answer? 
That is correct. Alan Lane, the main lane behind the campaign, decided he wanted an animal logo, and someone suggested the penguin as a dignified but flippant mascot. Alan immediately sent an illustrator to the zoo to sketch nature's little Oswald cobblepots. That's the villain penguin from Batman. I'm all about those literary references. So that's good. So yeah, they sent them down immediately to sketch it. That's where the uh, logo comes from. I'm looking to see if someone has taken that domain. <laughs> Southern Rock It Opera. is available. All right. Make sure you get that one. All right. Ready for the next question? Yes, let's go. Ryan? As you can tell from the emphasis on the mascot, branding was a big deal for Penguin Books. The covers were also very thought through. You might remember the three stripes, a solid color on the top and the bottom, and the title on a white stripe in the middle. The colors were important because they indicated the genre for easy reference. For example, when you saw green on the cover, you knew you were getting into a mystery. Dark blue? That's a biography. If you were carrying around a book with dark red on it, people knew you were into travel and adventure. Now, they didn't launch with a science fiction section, so here's the question. What color would you pick for that category of books, and what color would you pick for your story? So good question. So science fiction, so you would have the, the color on the top and the bottom. Science fiction, what would you pick? Are you, did you read science fiction as a kid? No, I just watched it. Okay. Yeah. So you're familiar with it and you know what it's all about. Sometimes yeah. space, sometimes fantastical things. And then your story, what color would you use? Now, I know branding is a big deal for you. Yeah. If you look at Sweet Utopian and all the different uh, packages you have, you're, you're very, very considerate and you're very, very thoughtful when it comes to the Thank brand. You. You're welcome. So I know this is a tough question. Yeah. So let's start with the science fiction one. Uh, me personally, what I would do is probably like a, a black background with little dots, right? Stars. So that would be an easy one for me. Uh, and then for my story, it would be my favorite color has always been green. So probably be some shade of green, uh, maybe some polka dots, maybe uh, just to be annoying to the printer. It would be, uh, what do you call it when it goes from one color or one? It's like an ombre. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. All right. So what would you do for science fiction and then for your story? Um, what color is your story? Asher Renee, Sweet Utopian Milk Bar. Okay. For me, I would pick coral. Yeah. Okay. Um, that color actually has like ridiculous meaning. Um, but we won't get into that because that, that'll be an hour conversation. Well, and I was going to ask, you're, mm -hmm. you're literally covered in coral. So, uh, just to describe Ashley this morning, uh, not only coral jewelry, which is amazing, but like, uh, what I would describe as shoulder pads with, uh, coral coming out of them. Yes. Like it's really hard for you to wear the headphones this morning because of all the coral yes. that you are wearing. So that makes sense. If you, if you've ever seen Pirates of the Caribbean with, uh, Davy Jones and the guys are like on the ship. Yeah, they have the coral yeah, growing yeah. out of that's them. What that's, I, exactly... that's what I look like, yeah. guys. Yeah. Um, for science fiction, I I don't know, man. I, I think I would have to say, I think I would also have to say black, but maybe maybe like a really dark, grungy, purple black. I like that sort of uh, almost sunset-y or that sort of thing. Yeah, but not as inviting. Okay. It's a little bit frightening. Yes. Got it. Yes. I like it. Let's see what Ryan would do since, you know, he's in the book industry. As a publisher, there's one thing I know, and that's color. 
For sci-fi, I'd pick 06 lowercase a lowercase f12, which is the RGB digital code for something in the future that hasn't been invented yet. And for my story, I'd pick black like my soul. Well, other reason to pick that color for Ryan, that's kind of frightening. Maybe I'm not going to use him again for <laughs> uh, this sort of thing. So you're doing well. You're, you've gotten every question right so far. That's awesome. So let's go to question three from uh, Ryan Rivas, Borough Press. The Pittsburgh Penguins were not inspired by the publisher whatsoever. Neither was Opus from Bloom County. Chili Willy? Not so much. There's no reason to be talking about them at all. Getting back to books, World War II saw a lot of Penguin titles being published. Some were specific to the needs of the general public during wartime, such as keeping poultry and rabbits on scraps, and aircraft recognition. The regular titles were also related to the war effort in a way. Books printed during this time had a message encouraging readers to read them, then leave them at post offices for delivery to the military folks. Penguin also made a deal with the Canadian government to publish books for their armed forces. In exchange, Penguin was paid in what? A. Loonies B. Paper or C. Maple syrup. So this was pretty neat because what was happening is yet all these books being printed during the war because there was all this need for people to read and, and things of that nature. So they had these books coming out that were related to the war. But then they would also put on the back of the books, hey, once you're done, mm -hmm. drop it off at the post office and we'll send it overseas so that, you know, the men and women in the armed service can have a read. Yeah. And so Canada came along and said, well, we need books too. How did they pay Penguin? Was it loonies, which is the national currency? It's a nickname for the national currency, but still. Paper mm -hmm. or maple syrup? Can I just say that I would love to be paid in maple syrup? Yes. Yeah, that would be awesome. Okay. Unfortunately, I don't think that's what Canada gave to him. <laughs> let's just, let's say paper. Paper. Okay, let's see if you are correct with Ryan. It was paper. As a publisher, I know that paper is an essential element in the book world. And it is a world. There was a rationing of paper during the war, so Penguin needed as much as it could get. In fact, Penguin put a limit of 256 pages on most of their offerings during that time. War and peace, indeed. So as much paper as they could get. Yeah. And then tiny, tiny books yeah, for yeah. the most part. So a lot of stuff wasn't printed during that time. And so, uh, yeah, three for three. You ready for the next one? Oh, man. All right. All right. Penguin was ultimately successful because of the people behind the scenes. Sort of like Borough Press is successful because of the people there. And also because we record quizzes. One of those people for Penguin was Eunice Frost. She was the firm's first female director. She started many of the organization's series, and she was the first woman to be awarded the Order of the British Empire for services to literature and publishing. As you may imagine, she was a force to be reckoned with. To that end, she had an amazing nickname, Frosty. Intimidating and yet endearing because of its milkshake connotations. If you were going to have a kick-butt director helping with your business, what would you want her nickname to be? Bonus points if it's dessert-related. So he's putting you on the spot with this one. But uh, Eunice Frost seemed like, if you start reading a little bit about her, she seemed very cool. And she was called Frosty while she was there. And so uh, uh, <laughs> that was a pun that I didn't intend to have. So good. But she seemed awesome. 
Like she seemed like the type of person you would want in that role. And the order of the British Empire, that's mm-hmm. where the you know, where they knight people mm-hmm. like actors and stuff like that. She was essentially knighted, became a dame, I think is how Whoa. Uh, that happens for women for the work that she did in the publishing industry. Yeah. So it was a very cool person. So you knew having Frosty in charge, you're going to get stuff done. Now, what I would do is if I had a business and I needed that that director that everyone was a little bit scared of, but was still, you know, warm and endearing at times, uh, her name, her nickname would be Sunday with an E, because I think what that connotes is, you know, I'm sweet, but Sunday, I don't know why that just scares me a little bit. Something Something what? about Sundays. Why? Uh, that's isn't that the day people usually get fired? Honey, <laughs> we would never send in Fern Gully seventeen on a Sunday. I don't. I I don't know. I think Sunday is pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I would still call her Sunday. Okay. So. Okay. If you had that director, what would you want her nickname to be? You know, the only thing that I can come up with is cupcake. Interesting. Just enough. I do think that's, yeah, and it's kind of threatening. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Cupcake wants to see you in her office. Oh, my God. I'm terrified. Yeah. No, I like that. Yes. Yeah, that's way better than Sunday. Let's see what uh, Ryan had. (laughs) I'd choose death by chocolate. I'd like someone who's sweet but also not afraid to kill you. All right. Very dark, Ryan. Black so, soul. Yeah. You are uh, four for four. You're doing very well. Sweet. By the way, if you get all five right, we'll be best friends forever. Okay. That's how it works. Okay. Only four right, we'll just be friends. Okay. So no pressure. Ready for the last question? Yeah. Great. Back in the 1930s, the Lane brothers had no idea if this new venture would be successful. They took a big chance on the distribution model, the cost of books, and the initial lineup of 10 titles. Who was not one of the authors in the Penguin starting lineup? A. Agatha Christie. B. Ernest Hemingway. C. J.K. Rowling. So who did they choose as the initial lineup in 1935 for those first 10 books that they published? And you know what? I I really like this. I I look for the anniversaries for the shows to do these pop quizzes. Mm -hmm. And once I started reading about Penguin and, and how they did it, I was like, there's some parallels, not all, but some parallels to, to Sweet Utopian. Okay. Kind of going out there, trying something new, trying something different, different distribution model, mm-hmm. uh, sort of taking on the state industry with, uh, you know, something different. It was really exciting to see that and kind of uh, uh, have that again. I could see that. You know, maybe Sweet Utopian will eventually get into publishing. I don't know. You don't know where it's going to go. <laughs> Vegan publishing. Or maybe a vegan bite owl, you know? There you go. That last question, 1935. Agatha Christie, uh, Ernest Hemingway, or and JK, JK um, Rowling. And this is, this is who they didn't or did? Choose. This is who they did not have oh. as one of their original authors. JK. JK Rowling. Okay. Let's see if you're right. Yes, that's correct. JK Rowling. They passed on her for some reason. Maybe they weren't as smart as penguins after all. That's it for me. Buy my books. <laughs> all right. Thanks. That was Ryan Revis, Borough Press. So if you want to buy his books, if you want to check out the books that they have available, 
They are a local publisher here in Orlando, Borough Press, B-U-R-R-O-W Press.com. And they've got a couple of events coming up. Uh, their big one is Saturday, September 22nd. They've got the third book from their subscription service. So they do four books every year. They print four uh, books every year, and they have a subscription for it. So you can get all four books plus some other things, invites to the events and things of that nature. Uh, but also go to borrowpress.com and check them out there. You did very well. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You're really good at this. Thanks. Being on podcasts. I am? Yes. That makes me feel good. Good job. I think I might tell you which Walmart I'll be at. Okay. Not on the air, though. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. Let's keep that off the air. All right. Let's play another song. And while we regroup, and uh, yeah, we're pretty much done. So actually, we'll come back with uh, just a few plugs, I think, after this. So let's hear some Stevie Wonder. If you really love me. Do you think that's what he intended how to say it? <laughs> Possibly. Okay, great. If you really love me on WPRK Winter Park, Florida, you're listening to a certain degree. This episode is brought to you by Lawn Hair. Have some unsightly brown patches of grass in your yard? How do your neighbors stand it? Sure, you could start a feud, or you can order Lawn Hair to fix the problem. Unlike sod or seeds, Lawn Hair instantly turns your brown upside down into green. With our patented delivery system, we spray fiberglass that was stained to match the exact shade of your lawn. Like magic! As long as no one breathes during installation. Or walks on or near the new grass. Ever. You'll have the best lawn on the block. And that may be a guarantee. Schedule your lawn hairdo at toacertaindegree.com. Stevie Wonder on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. If you really love me, I'm not even close to, I just heard the song and I'm still not close to how it's supposed to be sung. It's all good. No judgment. All right. Very good. My name is Nick. Has been Nick. It has, it's Nick. You're listening to a certain degree. (laughs) I'm going to leave now. I'm nervous because I have to say goodbye to a very special guest. And it was so much fun having you here. Ashley Renee from Sweet Utopian Milk Bar. Hey y'all. So go to sweetutopian.com. Yes. At Sweet Utopian on all the major social channels. Yes. And basically, uh, when do you think the subscription service will be online and ready to go? Okay. So delivery, we are shooting for August 18th. Okay. Okay. Um, and then in September, we're going to do the baked goods. So when when you first come on to SweetUtopian.com, you're going to have the opportunity to get a whole bunch of milk. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in September, you're going to have the brownies and the milk. And then in October, fingers crossed, we're going to be doing nationwide shipping. And that's where subscription-based boxes are going to come in. Fantastic. Yeah. So fingers crossed. I'm very excited. Remember, there are going to be flavors that you've never seen before that are right. only going to be online, exclusively online. Um, I'll still be sold at Market on South. Yeah. Um, and so Valkyrie and all of the other places. Absolutely. Um, there's a creamery in Ocoee that's interested. Uh, someone in Kentucky wants our product. So, you know, we'll st- we're still going to have retail, but online is going to be the way to go. That's awesome. And that's also perfect timing for the holidays. Yes. For gifts. You'll probably see a lot of orders from Orlando to people all over the nation. Yes. We'll have gift cards. Yeah. So, well, and also yeah. we can say, ha ha, we have this here in our town. 
and you don't, <laughs> but here you go. If you could, if you want me to type up those uh, thank you notes yeah. for each of those types of gifts, I will absolutely do that. That would be so cool. So uh, this has been To a Certain Degree. I will be back uh, next week, but I'm going to try out my different format with friend of the show, Miller John, is going to be here from the To Be Determined channel on YouTube. Then I have no show after that uh, for the 13th of August mm-hmm. because what I'm going to be doing is the first day of school. I got one starting middle school, one starting high school. So I'm going to live the stress vicariously through them, which will be so much fun. Jeez. And then I feel it already for you. I will be back <laughs> with a few new shows after that, but it should be good. But Ashley, we're going to have to have you come back. You're fantastic. Thank you. Uh, like I said, I've tried it. I, I wouldn't say good things about it unless I really liked it. Yeah. I guess I would just be silent. Could uh, you imagine? That would be really awkward. That would be Thank songs. Thank you so much. You're great for coming on, uh, but your stuff is not that good. No, it's, <laughs> it's really, really good. Like I said, I had cocoa. I had the berry and I had the matcha. All are excellent. So Thank go you out and so try that much. stuff. And uh, yeah, if anybody ever wants to go to Market on South and just have dessert and some sweet utopian, I'm down. I'll go literally anytime, except when they're closed, I will not break in anymore. Right. Well, did you say anymore? What? Okay. So let's play a song. Uh, let's hear from some Herbie Man, and then Bess Hour will be up here in a second. This is Coming Home Baby on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. You've been listening to A Certain Degree. Have a great week. Bye, guys. And that's the show. Thanks for listening to A Certain Degree. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Just search for To A Certain Degree. Special thanks to Ryan Revis of Borough Press at boroughpress.com if you want to check him out for doing the pop quiz today. Also, check out toacertaindegree.com. That's T-O-A, certaindegree.com. You can listen to other amazing people from around Central Florida who are doing great things. You can read about our latest harebrained schemes. And if nothing else, you can test that your internet is working just by visiting. If you liked what you heard, let me know. I love hearing from people. I think I would. I, I don't hear from a lot of people. So if you want to reach out, if you actually listen this far into the podcast... Here's a little secret that I've told no one else.